Holy Week begins today. Today, in what the scriptures call the triumphal entry, the triumphal entry that's found in all four Gospels. In Matthew 21, in Mark 11, in Luke 19, and in John chapter 12, here Jesus enters the city of Jerusalem, the holy city, for Passover. And he descends from the Mount of Olives just outside the city's eastern walls, and he moves into the gated, the walled city into crowds of people that are cheering and chanting and screaming. And sometimes we forget this, even rioting. They are masses ready for change, for transformation, for revolt even. We sometimes, again, forget that this first Palm Sunday was perhaps less parade and more protest. There is visible resistance, there's rage even, against the oppressive ways, the oppressive ways of the Roman Empire, against the relentless religious legalism that ruled the lives of the people, the way, the way that people were living, that kept them separated from each other and separated from God. <laughs> And here is Jesus. After three years of public ministry, after preaching and teaching and serving and healing and showing and sharing an alternative way, a new way of life, a way that most people were not prepared for. And many wanted a violent revolution against the Romans. They wanted a fearsome warrior on a battle steed. And instead, here comes Jesus riding atop a lowly donkey, humble. <laughs> today, today, right here and now, some 2,000 years later, we celebrate this triumphal entry and we start our Holy Week during this next week, we will move from these feelings of joy and celebration to betrayal and denial and silence and solitude, darkness, and even death. And yet a week from now, finally, next Sunday on Easter, we will move to resurrection, this invitation that Jesus gives us, this celebration of a new way of life, a new way of living, the way, the Jesus way of living. And we have to remember, we have to realize, we have to recognize that even now, all of these centuries later, many of us are not prepared for it either. Many of us are still not ready for this new way of Jesus living, this invitation that Jesus provides. I'm Pastor Jess. I'm one of the associates here. And today we conclude our Lenten sermon series, Jesus in Real Life. Today we conclude this exploration of the Gospel of John and these I am statements that are found throughout. These I am statements that say and tell us who Jesus is. 
God with us, the anointed one, divine, incarnate, the universal Christ. This is who Jesus was and is. These last few weeks, we've been going over these. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the vine. And today, we conclude with I am the way, the truth, and the life. And each of these is a metaphor, right? Each has deeper meaning that needs exploration and questioning and examination so that we better understand. So today we conclude with, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hear these words from the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verses 1 through 6, in which Jesus comforts his disciples. Jesus said to his disciples, Don't be worried. Have faith in God. Have faith in me. There are many rooms in my Father's house. I won't tell you this unless it was true. I am going there to prepare a place for each of you. After I have done this, I will come back and take you with me. And then we will be together. You know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said, love this part, Thomas said, Lord, we don't even know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Without me, no one can go to the Father. Now, a little context for our understanding. Here in Scripture, Jesus is comforting his followers. Anybody want to guess why? What's coming? Yeah, the crucifixion. It's not going to get easier here, folks. In John 12, Jesus enters Jerusalem. Again, there's palm parades and protests. And in John 13, Jesus gathers with his followers at what we call the Last Supper. They enjoy a meal together, and Jesus washes their feet. And Judas leaves to betray Jesus. And here in this passage, Jesus speaks these words of comfort, these words of love and assurance to his followers trying, trying to prepare them for what's to come. Trying. And what's to come? Yeah. His betrayal, his arrest, his denial, his suffering, his torture, his crucifixion. The disciples don't yet know. The disciples, at this point, they can't even imagine that this is coming, Right? But Jesus expects. Jesus knows. And here in the Gospel of John, Jesus is speaking these words of comfort and assurance to his followers. To us, even today. To remind them and us that nothing, that nothing can separate them from the love of God. Again, here's the part I love. Thomas. What's Thomas say? Does anybody remember? Yeah, he's like, Lord, we don't even know where you're going. How can we know the way? You got to laugh a little bit, y'all. I mean, seriously, think about this. I've always appreciated Thomas's candor and his curiosity and his courage, right? I mean, he's, he's candid about it. He, okay, 2,000 years removed from the event. We look at it and we're like, you're a bit ignorant, Thomas. Kind of sound like an idiot. You've been following Jesus for three years and you still don't get it. 
right? But think about that for a second. We know he's not an idiot. We know he's not ignorant. He's not alone either. I mean, just a few verses after this, Philip also speaks up and he questions Jesus because he doesn't understand either, right? And I have, I have always found this personally assuring, reassuring that even the disciples who had the opportunity, the privilege to spend all those years with Jesus, watching him preach and teach and serve and heal people in person, right? The physical incarnate Jesus, they weren't entirely sure what was happening all around them either. (laughs) Just like so many of us when we wonder where God is at and how God is working in the world around us or on us and in us and through us, we too are wondering, questioning, and it takes courage to speak up. I I have come to hope and to pray that each and every Jesus follower is simply trying to do what the disciples were doing, those first disciples. They're trying their best to just simply figure it out, to understand and interpret and get, just get, what it is that Jesus is showing and sharing with them, with us, right? And here, just like Thomas, just like Philip, Just like Peter, right, who would later deny, and even Judas, who would later betray, we, too, we ask questions, we wonder, we get Jesus wrong. We deny Jesus, we even betray Jesus, we fall short of who Jesus knows we can be. And yet, and yet, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus still loves you, that Jesus still loves me, that Jesus still extends the radical invitation to come and follow me. Jesus is still constantly showing up in our lives to show us and share with us, to preach to us and to teach to us all that Jesus has, the way and the truth and the life. Now, before we get too much further, I think it's vital I think it's important that we acknowledge that this specific passage in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, it has been used, can be used to exclude and separate people from God, intentionally or not. One interpretation of this verse is that without Jesus, there is no access to God, there is no going to heaven, there is no way or truth or life that is actually worth living. And I see, I see how some might read and understand it this way. I find this particular interpretation a bit too easy and, and too exclusive, especially for who, who we know Jesus to be. This is Jesus who speaks in parables and metaphors, who uses the cultural context and imagery of the time to tell these life-changing, challenging stories. Jesus, who describes himself as the light of the world and the bread of life and the good shepherd and the gate or the door and the true vine, each of these I am statements, a description of who Jesus is meaning beyond simple words, beyond a simple story. 
This is a Jesus who is radically inclusive of everyone, not just men at the time who held privilege and power, but women and children too, and Jews and Gentiles alike, and a Roman centurion, right? One of the foreign invaders who Jesus called the most faithful in all of Israel, and a Samaritan woman who was exiled, who was not to be even spoken to, who becomes the first evangelist. Here's Jesus who includes Pharisees and fishermen, sex workers and tax collectors alike, the ill and the injured, the harmful, and those who have been hurt. Believers and non-believers alike, Jesus opens his arms and says, follow me, you're invited, you have a place at this table. Franciscan priest and writer Richard Rohr is an author of a book called The Universal Christ, and he writes that too often we have substituted the messenger for the message. As a result, we spent a great deal of time worshiping the messenger and trying to get other people to do the same. Too often this obsession becomes a pious substitute for actually following what he, Jesus, taught And he did ask us several times to follow him and never once to worship him. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Anybody else feel that a little bit? I mean, dang. And yet, perhaps these words strike and ring too true. Our world, we have this faith, this religion that We have founded upon who Christ is, and yet, was that the goal? Jesus never ever sought to create a new religion. Jesus never said, praise me, worship me, that is not like Jesus. Rather, Jesus said, follow me, do as I do. This is the way, this is the truth, this is the life. I said this earlier this week, and someone said, this is the way, like the Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah, some of you know. (laughs) Pastor and author, Reverend Eugene Peterson, once wrote that Jesus as the truth gets far more attention than Jesus as the way. Jesus as the way is the most frequently evaded metaphor among Christians. We cannot skip the way of Jesus in our hurry to get to the truth of Jesus, the way of Jesus is the way that we, that we practice and come to understand the truth of Jesus. Living Jesus in our homes and workplaces, with our friends and family. Ways and means that are removed or abstracted from Jesus and the scriptures that give witness to him amount sooner or later to a betrayal of Jesus. Only when we do the Jesus truth in the Jesus way do we get the Jesus life. And I truly believe that each and every one of us that seek to follow Jesus need to live the Jesus life, the full life together in Christ. That's why we say it that way, inviting all into the full life together. A life that is filled with those fruits of the Spirit, Joy and pleasure and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness and gentleness, composure and compassion, and most especially, most certainly, love. And I want to take a second right now and be honest and blunt and really clear that right now, 
across our country, and here in Missouri, there are some, including our elected leaders, who claim that they follow Jesus and they seek to establish those ways and those means and laws by which we, the people, should live. And yet, what they do is removed or abstracted from Jesus. It is a betrayal of Jesus. What they do is not the Jesus way, the Jesus truth, the Jesus life. So we have to ask then, what is the Jesus way and truth and life? And the Gospels written some 2,000 years ago are full of examples of the Jesus way and truth and life and what it sounded like and smelled like and tasted like, what it felt like. And our world today bears witness to the Jesus way and truth and life. When hungry bellies are full, when those without a home have someplace, a roof over their head, when thirsty people are given something to drink, when strangers find a place that they feel they belong, when broken bodies are mended, when sick people are healed, when those without clothing are covered and comfortable, when injustice is resisted, when those who are fleeing oppression or persecution find refuge and safety. And when all, when all, each and every person experience dignity and grace and love, no matter who they are, no matter where they're from, no matter what they've done or not done, no matter what they believe, that is the Jesus way and the Jesus truth and the Jesus life. And this, this is where there's the rub, right? This is perhaps the hardest part of the Jesus way and truth and life, the part that we don't like to interpret or understand or fully get because we, too often we, are just like those people 2,000 years ago who welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem, who witnessed his triumphal entry. We desire a revolution, a violent revolution, right? We lust power and control, we want to arm Jesus. We want to weaponize the Christ. We hope, we hope for a fearsome warrior savior. It's true. And here is Jesus who appears over and over and over and over again as a humble servant. Pastor and author Reverend Benjamin Kramer says it this way. We want the war horse and Jesus rides a donkey. We want the bird of prey and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. We want the militia and Jesus calls fishermen, tax collectors, women, and children. We want the courtroom and Jesus sets a table. We want the gavel and Jesus washes feet. We want to take up swords and Jesus takes up a cross. We want the empire, and Jesus brings the kingdom of God. We want the nation. Jesus calls the church. We want the roaring lion, and God comes as a slaughtered lamb. We keep trying to arm God, and God keeps trying to disarm us. So might we, might you, might I, might all of us, 
Be courageous enough and curious enough, humble enough and patient enough to truly do as Jesus does, to receive the invitation to follow the oddly confusing and ever-expanding and all-inclusive, radically loving ways and truth and life of Jesus. May it be so. Amen. Pray with me. Good and gracious God, the world can seem like it is chaos from day to day and week to week and month to month and year to year, God. We ask you to show up and you send us into the world. Fill us with your spirit, that spirit of humility, the spirit of grace, of hope, God, the message of hope that you place in our hearts that we might show and share to others. And let us do it all, God, in love, a radically inclusive love that does not put up any walls or borders or boundaries, but rather tears down every wall and division that we create. May it be so. Amen.